you came out tonight early, aggressive. What was different for you tonight in terms of just setting the tone with your game in this game? Ball. 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 This is Orange Ball Juice, the show where I make my two teenage sons co-host a basketball podcast with me so they can tell their dad what to think about the NBA and hopefully help me win my fantasy pool. So, without further ado... Ball. Welcome to Orange Ball Juice, always fresh, never toxic, family-friendly b-ball blabber. My name is Brooks, and as always, I'm joined by my two household NBA analysts, my teenage sons, Spency G and Marky Man. How you doing, Spency? Pretty good. And Marky Man. I'm doing pretty good. Oh, that's good. It's Sunday, May 7th, 2023, and we are in the thick of the second round of the NBA playoffs. So why don't we have a look at some highlights that was awesome. and lowlights. Come on, dude. All right, Marky Man, what's your highlight from this week? Um, my highlight is basically just uh, Embiid's MVP. Um, he's definitely uh, deserving of it. He's wanted an MVP for quite a while now. Um, yeah, and he was, he, I'm super happy for him. I mean, he was, he was like crying and stuff when it was like announced. So he, he's definitely extremely pleased to get the MVP. And the fact that he's been able to average what he's averaged the past years, it's only right for him to get one. Yeah, and I think uh, I think his numbers thirty three point one points per game this season, which is, he won the scoring title second straight year. He did that. He also had ten point two rebounds and tied a career high with four point two assists per game. So obviously an amazing and dominant player. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm happy for him too. I think you know every a lot of people thought for a lot of the season that Jokic had his shot at the at the three peat, which hasn't been done in a very long time. But it didn't happen. It went to Embiid. But I don't think anybody really, including Jokic himself, <laughs> I think he would agree that uh, Embiid is a special player. What do you think, Spency? Do you think he deserved it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he deserved it. I still think that Jokic probably, <clears throat> if if we just took away the fact that he'd won the past two, I feel like he would have won. Um, I don't know. I I still think it's it was cl- it was very close anyway. So like, doesn't really matter. It was pretty close. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to well, say. It's basically like it's hard to say because if you take and beat off the Sixers, the Sixers are just not that good at all. And if you take Jokic off the Nuggets, they're not that good. So yeah, that, there's no doubt about that. And um, <clears throat> I think at the best of times, it's hard to like when you're comparing those types of players. It's pretty hard to to say one of them is definitively better than the other, but it's not really who's better. It's who's the MVP. And then that brings up a whole bunch of issues. We've talked about it. Everyone else has talked about it ad nauseum, but it was nice to see him. um, You know, I guess it was uh, before game three at home, they had the little ceremony in in Philly for him and he had his, his, his kid out there with him and, you know, it was pretty nice to see him be honored in that way. Although (laughs) let's acknowledge the fact that, so far in this round, anyway, um, Philly uh, hasn't won um, with him, <laughs> yeah. right? They the game they yeah. did win, he was out, uh, and certainly in this round, Jokic, yeah, they lost. Uh, they, they lost their game three, but he had an incredible game, and he's been playing very well. Um, so, uh, granted, Embiid is now has this knee problem. <clears throat> so we don't know. He may be diminished because of that. Um, I think he said himself that that would normally be like a four to six week type injury, but he's going to be playing on it. So anyway, congratulations to Joel Embiid on your MVP. Um, so Spency, what's your low light from the week? My low light is the Bucks firing coach Bud um, because I, I just don't think it was... I, yeah, I don't think it was very justified. Like, he's coached them, I think, for five seasons now. Yeah. Um, and he led them to a championship, obviously, and they were <clears throat> a very successful team in every single year he coached. Yeah. Um, he also won a Coach of the Year award in this time. 
And I I think this series was kind of a fluke. I mean, Giannis was out for yeah. most of it. And also Bud, like, in during the series, like, experienced, like, a tragedy in the family. Yeah. Like, what can you... <clears throat> yeah. And they, I mean, they were, the, they were the top team in the NBA in the regular exactly. season this year. Yeah. With sort of nagging injury. Giannis was out for a bit, but, you know, also Drew Holiday was out for quite a bit and Chris Middleton was out for quite a bit. And <clears throat> these key players were out and they still weathered the storm and still put together an incredible season. I think his, uh, yeah, as you say, five seasons, uh, he was 391 wins and 271 losses for a winning percentage of 693, which is pretty amazing uh, for a coach. Uh, as you say, you know, they got the championship in 2021 and they've had other early round, early-ish round playoff exits, I guess. I mean, they, with Giannis, they kind of, the expectations yeah. are all or nothing. So I understand that. But it does seem a bit weird because it's kind of like, well, who's going to come in and save the day there? Like, exactly. There's no like, There's really, only there's a day no to be saved. To be honest. Well, exactly. Like, there's, that's, that's, well, the only thing that is true is that, I mean, Brooke Lopez almost won defensive player of the year this year. He's probably, I think he was the runner up, you know, but what is he 35? You know, um, mm-hmm. some of these players maybe aren't, maybe we've seen their best already. It's like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. I don't know that for sure. Maybe that's not true. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, and even, and Giannis is still like he proved, I, I have no reason to think he's not going to come back next year and be just as strong. I yeah I have like for some reason something just makes me feel like Chris Middleton is just gonna have a season like in two years where he just averages like twenty eight or something <laughs> right like he's I feel like he's holding back like he he's yeah. he's bound you think to get he's got a another big one in him I do yeah I think so yeah and that's <clears> the thing <throat> it's like they could just come back as is next year and win the NBA championship like that's totally feasible yeah. they they will be. And yeah. I think had Giannis not gotten hurt at the wrong time, they probably would have won against Miami, and they probably would have won yeah. pretty, like pretty soundly. <clears throat> now, granted, they were the games he came back, they gave like they totally collapsed, yeah. you know. But anyway, I, don't, I don't. It's too small of a sample size, but it just goes to show you like the margin of error in the playoffs. If like the wrong combination of things happen, teams become vulnerable pretty quickly. So, yeah, I mean, that was pretty, uh, I'll throw in a, I'll throw in a, maybe a, I don't know if this, I guess this is a highlight. <clears throat> Marcus Smart won the Hustle Award. I don't know what the Hustle Award yeah, is. So it's, Some, what it's is it? been a thing since 2017. Okay. This is Marcus Smart's second year straight of getting it. <laughs> right. And he's, So last and year he was Defensive Player yeah. of the Year and the yeah. Hustle Player and of the Year. And he also has won it in, he's won three Hustle play, Player of the Year in the last five years. How and did you look up how it's defined? It's yeah, it's literally just like, um, it's like yeah, the who player like who looks the, like they're trying very hard all the time. Yeah, basically, it's like who. <clears throat> let's see, it, yeah, the best utilize hustle to help their teams win on a nightly basis. <laughs> okay, uh, I I heard more. It's like who impacts their team the most on stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Right. So, cause that's what we were yeah. talking about. We're like, obviously if, if you dive for a loose ball and <clears throat> it shoots out of bounds, but other, if, if it, ha- if you hadn't, then it would have been an easy yeah. layup for the other team or something, but it, mm-hmm. that's not a stat. That's not something yeah. that you can put on a stat sheet. <clears throat> so that is a good definition. It's like, so it's just an eye test based on journalists yeah. who's got, who contributes the most to their team? <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> through effort in a way that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but nonetheless helps the team win. Yeah, but it's yeah. It's also like I, I'll watch a Celtics game and I'm like I don't. It doesn't feel like that Marcus Smart deserves to have three like three hustle awards in the last five years because when I'm watching <laughs> it, doesn't it's not that crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like what about yeah. Like, but it's all I think a lot of it is just a personality thing. Like some guys have that like try hard personality yeah. and they're like, couldn't you just give it to Draymond every yeah. year? Or, or you or give like it like somebody Pat who's Bev like, or something. Yeah, like somebody who's super intense and they're all like constantly chattering and they're constantly like couldn't you give it to Giannis? I mean, Giannis yeah. goes yeah. or Kyle Lowry or Yeah, like Giannis looks like he's gonna die out there sometimes. Like the stuff that like he's 
he never backs down. And, and yeah. most of the very few guys, can you say, are like, oh, he's taking a night off or whatever. Like some mm-hmm. players get pr- criticized for that, but honestly, not that many. You know, anyway, yeah. it's kind of funny. Um, another, <clears throat> let's say a low light is Dylan Brooks being told by like publicly the Grizzlies saying, we're not bringing you back. Like you're off the team basically. Yeah. Like we know his contract yeah. expired and he probably wanted something big, but why would they go the extra step of saying that? Maybe you got leave. I don't, jump. I don't get the whole wanting a big contract thing. This guy barely, aver- I don't even think he averaged 10. No, well, he's I, a no, defensive seriously. player. Well, forget wanting it. Forget any of that. Like that's all fine. That's like, he's, he's a considered defensive specialist and, he's been part of their team for four years and those are successful teams. And honestly, before this year, he, he just started becoming this like villain type wrestling character this year. In previous years, he was just considered like, you know, he's like, he's a goon, right? He's like a tough (laughs) defensive player. And like, there's lots of those kinds of guys. But my question is why I've never heard a player, like a team going out of their way to be like, he won't be back. Like what's even the point of that? I, I don't know. I guess yeah. they are just like felt the pressures of everyone hating Dylan Brooks, and so they just wanted to show. Well, up. I think maybe they're trying to get your bad boy persona team, like like that person, like that type right. of vibe out of like you know. Right. So they combinate, but okay, that's fine. They want to go a different direction, but there's. I heard some. I heard. I think it was on the. Um, Round ball stew, which is a fantasy podcast that I I listen to. <clears throat> kind of implying it's maybe they're trying to scapegoat him. It's like, he's the problem, like his yeah. bad vibes and bad energy are what made us lose. But like, come on, like he's, yeah. you wouldn't even, that's like, that would be like saying, you know, that if the Raptors were like, the reason we had a bad season this year is because of like Gary Payton Jr. And that's not bad, yeah. bad comparison because they're different player kinds of players, but Gary, or not even Gary <clears throat> Payton Jr. Pardon me. Gary Payton Jr. Why did I say that? Gary Trent. <clears throat> Gary Trent Jr. I don't even think you could say that. I think it's more like Chris Boucher. Yeah, exactly. Like he's but yeah. a bench guy. Like, yeah, exactly. Like to say like Chris Boucher <laughs> oh. is the reason like he's not coming back and yeah. good riddance. Like, yeah. What? Like well, what are you talking about? Yeah. Dylan Brooks isn't a bench guy, but yes, yeah. he is. Yeah, well, he, he comes off the bench. He gets quite a few minutes. He comes game. off the bench, gets thirty minutes, scores nine he, points. Yeah, thirty minutes. And he like, did have a bad playoffs, and he did like you know part of his thing. And maybe, I mean, from his perspective, he was like, maybe what I need to do is be is become more of this bad guy and embrace that and trash talk and blah blah blah, because maybe that's going to get under LeBron's skin. But obviously, none of that worked. But I don't care. Like they lost as the seventh seed. They lost to a team that. Theoretically, they should have beaten. Now, granted, the Lakers are probably better than their record. I don't think it's fair to, to say he's the problem. No, he's not the problem. He's just so because they have some. They, maybe they just. I don't. And I don't know what the problem is because they have a lot of talent on that team. And uh, I mean, vibes might be the problem. Like there was just so much yeah. crap going around. Yeah. on that team. Well, and it, it didn't help where it's like, you know, Jaw had his suspension and that whole thing, which is a huge problem when your star player is like becoming a distraction because of everything off the court. And then you have this other guy that's like leaning into this bad boy persona. Yeah. But as far as we know, I don't even know anything about Dylan Brooks's life, but he's, he could be like hanging out, like playing video games off the court and just being normal. That's like, definitely what he's doing. <clears throat> like he's not actually, it's just like, there's a lot of guys that have on the court, they have this big yeah. reputation, but they're actually just whatever off the yeah. court, you know? So anyway, all of that, I just thought it was, it kind of cracked me up to be so public about like he's not coming back. Like, okay, uh, yeah. if you say so, he's gonna get signed by another team. Oh, yeah. It's not like that's gonna be. <clears throat> maybe we will do a very brief. And the Raptors are actually like a huge possibility for that. I, I can see it happening. I, like, I don't I've seen multiple headlines saying like, yeah. the Raptors. But I mean, are that like, again, that's just like. It doesn't matter if they get a good if they get him for maybe that's, that's if they actually, get a good yeah. deal because right now his value like yeah he thought he was like he apparently he was holding out at one point there was talk of him saying he thought he was worth like twenty five million a season which of course is absolutely is, absurd and that's yeah. not going to happen but it all comes down to value right the Raptors if you can pick him up for a deal why not like, like who that. cares bring him off the bench the Ra- you the don't need a guy like the Raptors that. have like a 
He claims three. to be a three point specialist, but as I said, averages less than ten points per game and averages like one. Three. I don't think no, he claims to be a three. Yes, he does. Specialist. He claimed. Yes, he does. He, he said specialist. I don't know. He talks about his defense. He all is definitely the time. expected to at least deliver better than he has from three. Yeah. But yeah, he I, he knows that he hasn't been doing that anyway. It's like yeah. So here here's a highlight. Let's get off Bill and Brooks. So the highlight is that Bronny declared for USC. So Bronny being, yeah, I just love saying Bronny. I don't know yeah. why I could just say Bronny all day long. People understand but, yeah. what we mean. Obviously. Yeah. And people know exactly. But just for the one in a million chance, there's someone out there who doesn't know who Bronny is. Yeah. Who's Bronny? LeBron James's son. Right. So I think I saw a thing saying he's like considered like the 19th college prospect overall or something like that i can't remember he's right in the rankings yeah. i'm pretty sure he's, yeah he just became he a five he, maybe no he he's not higher he was he just became like a five star he recently like a few months ago he was ranked like 35th yeah. in the high school but he's yeah situation. but he played really well like yeah he's like in the past month he's like yeah boosted up the rankings so what do you what do you think? What's the deal? Is he gonna? I mean, obviously, there's always gonna be a big spotlight on him. Do you think he's overrated, underrated? How do you think he's gonna shake out in terms of being a college player and later a pro? You got any opinion on that? Yeah, I think he's gonna be good. Like he has like stepped it up. In some ways, you could say he's like underrated almost because there's so much expected of him, and he has improved a lot. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't do know. Think? I mean. It's hard to say because I, like, he was in the mock draft. He was projected to go tenth, which I think that's absurd. He's not. He's like. He's yeah. He's probably NBA bound. Like, if he wasn't LeBron James, said he would still probably be NBA bound. Mm-hmm. But like, he like I if he wasn't LeBron James, then he would go in the second round or so, or maybe maybe late first round. Yeah. And what's I don't know like what's his size like what's his what's he's like a six two defensive pass first type of player right. who can shoot the three basically. Okay. So he's obviously not a player in the same mold as his father. No, he's not like he wasn't, he's not like the star of his team of most of the teams he plays for. I mean, he's joining like two other star players. Yeah. Uh, two USC who are all point guards. So he'll have some competition for minutes. Right. Well, good for him anyway, you know. Um, he'll always be, obviously, um, compared to his father. But I think, in a way, maybe that's wrong. Maybe he won't be only because everyone kind of already knows he's not the same yeah. thing. He's so. not going to be a star in the NBA. <clears throat> yeah, like, and if he is, not, I mean, <laughs> his father is the greatest player yeah. of all time, arguably. So, you know. There's, it's an impossible standard yeah. to live up to, but I mean, whatever. You, I mean, it's pretty. He's great. done. He did better than Michael Jordan's sons. <laughs> yeah, didn't even make the NBA. So yeah, and it's funny how it. Ha- like, it's funny how I always think about that. How like what are the the generational things that happen? Or it's like sometimes like you know, you know, a lot of people even don't know or forget that you know Kobe Bryant's father was in the NBA, yeah. but he was just like a you know average player yeah. um he wasn't a star player you know where and same with you know steph's dad you know was a respected you know shooter and whatever else but was not like a house certainly not a household name but then it, sometimes it goes the other way where you know, the star player has the son that's you know not as not as good or whatever and it, it's very hard to predict i guess um yeah but i guess it does make sense if you have if you're a, an average player but and your child has a chance to grow up with the abs and like they have good like the, you're, you know, the same genetics as you in terms of athleticism, but then yeah. they get all the just better, higher level of training. Yeah. For well, it's life. All, well, it's also like just the NBA is the NBA. At the end of the day, every single player in the NBA is like incredibly good. Yeah. And like better than anybody. So like, yeah, they're like the top, even yeah. the skill margin between a role player and a star player isn't like when in terms of skill. And not talking about anything else, it's yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Like, although was it? I think it might have been Patrick Beverly. I can't remember. But did you see? It was a quote, and he and it was oh, yeah. from recently. And he said something like, "He said what really freaks him out is that 
he thinks there's players in the NBA that kind of don't like playing basketball that well, much. He said like 50% of them he thinks don't even love basketball. Yeah, they don't really love the game. They And he said most of the time it's players that have like super high level skill. Yeah. Because they're the ones, I guess they're more in a position, if you're super skilled, you can take it for granted more than if you're a guy who's not as skilled and has to work super mm-hmm. hard just to like maintain yeah. being an average player. You got to love it, right? Whereas if you're kind of... Yeah, I mean, it was int- I, I, it was an interesting thing to hear. Um, anyway, um, why don't we have a look at some of the most uh, recent round two playoff games and find out. What happened? All right, uh, Spencey, um, game three, Denver at Phoenix. It was the first game of the series in Phoenix um, after uh, Denver won their first two games, um, won the first two games at home. Mm -hmm. So what happened? The Suns won this one by seven. Um, The top performer was Devin Booker. Um, The game was kind of all over the place scoring-wise. Like the first quarter was really close. Um, And then Phoenix took a strong lead in the second. But in the third, the Nuggets like came back and closed the lead. Um, and then finally in the fourth, uh, Phoenix kind of, it was, it was pretty close, but then like in the final minutes, Phoenix like completely sealed the deal and like couldn't miss. Um, Devin Booker like had an amazing game, 47 points, uh, six rebounds, nine assists and three steals. Um, yeah, and he did it on 80%, 80% shooting. Yeah, which is which crazy. Is I think it was the only one of, yeah. the, one of two players to ever do that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Tough, yeah. yeah. And then Durant, um, he actually had a slow start. I think he went like one for nine to start, but then he finished with 39 points, nine rebounds, and eight assists. Which is an absurd performance. Yeah. So I also, I did note that in that game, no one else on the Suns finished in double digits in scoring. So they scored 121 points, I guess. What is that? Like 86 of which were from Mm -hmm. Booker and KD. So that's like, what, you know, almost three quarters of their points from two guys. Um, And they won. Great. That must have been, uh, you know, the the, the hometown crowd were, were loving it for sure. And it's not like, I mean, look at the... Jokic had 30 points, 17 rebounds, and 17 assists. Murray had a quieter game, but not really. I mean, 32 points still. Um, And and Porter had 21 points and 12 rebounds. So it's not like Denver were suddenly bad or something. I think they played fine. In the first two games, let's remember, like Denver won game. It was. It's been actually kind of a weird series. Denver won game one, one twenty five to one hundred seven, and that's with Murray playing um, really, really well, and, and Jokic being a little quieter. Then game game two was like a ninety seven to eighty seven game, with yeah. Jokic having a huge game, um, and and then suddenly the the Phoenix wins their first game, but then again Chris Paul's out. That's only. That's probably what they've been waiting for this whole time. This is their formula for winning. Booker and KD both having monster games. And yeah. the the problem, I think, I feel like that makes them vulnerable too, though, right? A like, bit. Yeah. I mean, I just, can, I was I mean, watching the game, or as, and especially the fourth, I was like, they literally aren't missing. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, I think all they need is Devin... Devin Booker and KD, if they're both playing well, it's just them two with the ball, and then you got one guy wide open for the look in, like, a worst-case scenario. Yeah. And I guess they've been sharing, like, because Chris Paul's out, so they've been kind of figuring out who, like, who rounds out the lineup, who gets the start, and it's a little bit, that's, you know, kind of, excuse me. I mean, I think it's pretty much Cameron Payne every time. Yeah, because who else would he's it be? been doing that all season? Because yeah. Chris Paul's been kind of yeah. injured a lot. Yeah, I mean, good for them. I'm glad they got that home win. I'm glad that. I mean, I think if Denver had gone up three nothing, that literally would have been pretty much it. Um, and they're they're playing again tonight, which I'm, I'm hoping is a really exciting game. Um, all right, so Marcus, another game three um, was uh, Boston was in was in Philly. 
uh, for their first game in that series to, to be in Philly. Um, and, the, and the series was split 1-1. Uh, so what happened? Um, the Celtics won 114-102. And Tatum was a top performer with 27 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and a block. So he was all over the place. Um, it, was, it wasn't that entertaining of a game. It, it never got too out of hand. Celtics were up thir- the, the biggest lead was 13 um but like yeah it was like an eight point seven point ten point game the entire yeah. game so it wasn't it was like are the sixers gonna push but they just never did yeah. um and B had a huge game 30 points 13 rebounds four blocks yeah so that's yeah that's just and that was that stats. was after his the big post MVP yeah. ceremony that they had for him and everything so there's a lot of emotion. Um, yeah, and um, Tyrese Maxey had a super quiet game, 13 points, 6 rebounds. Yeah, well, apparently they were having shooting trouble um, yeah. in that game, and Harden in particular. Yeah. Well, Harden, um, yeah, 3 for 14, Tyrese Maxey 4 for 16. Yeah, that's not going to cut it. Yeah. Because I think, like, that's what's – that puts Embiid in a, in a difficult spot where it's like, oh, I guess all the offense has to come yeah. from me. Like, and, yeah. If you're kicking it out – if you're kicking it to Harden and he's just missing that much, you're like, well, now what? Like yeah. they need, I mean, for a normal mortal player, like his stat line, you know, 16 yeah. points, six rebounds and 11 assists is still pretty great. But yeah. I mean, they like need scoring from him. Yeah. And Bede shot 50% from the field. He shot 11 for 12 from the free throw line. So he yeah. definitely wasn't the problem in that game. Yeah. No, no. At all. Um, but it is a pro. I think, yeah. I mean, I think they, it's just been weird the series for them because so game one without Embiid, Harden like basically pulls out a classic game out of his yeah. you know out of the Eastern pulls Rockets. a rabbit out of a hat, scores forty five, you know Maxi scores twenty six. They win in Boston game one like a huge you know it was a seesaw battle, a pro- the best game of the series so far. Then in game two, you know um, Embiid's back. Um, has a pretty quiet game, and so does Harden. So in game two, Harden was two for 14, um, and in game three, he was three for 14 after that monster game one. And it is kind of like, uh, if that keeps going, like I don't think they have a chance yeah. in the series. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Because the Boston just, they have enough, they just have too many guys, right? Where it's like... yeah. They have, well, they have too many guys that you just can't even like single out a person, so you just have to play like man to man. Yeah, that's why just, I think like, they're the best team in the league. Is that their depth is just ridiculous? Like their third string guys could come out and beat your team. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, they could. They they would have like put Tatum and and Jalen Brown on the bench. They're still a pretty formidable yeah. team. It's yeah. like yeah, Peyton Pritchard is a starter on it. I swear to God, I want the Raptors to sign him so bad. <laughs> Who else do you covet? Is it Brogdon that you covet from them for the Raptors? Or I no, it's Pritchard. It's pretty much just Pritchard. Yeah, because I, I saw, know. I saw when the Celtics beat the Raptors, and the Celtics' entire starting lineup was out, and they beat us. And then just watching Peyton Pritchard, I swear, like he's kind of almost third string. Like he's like, but I, it's he's just like the tenth just, I don't, guy. I, I don't think he's just going to be like he's just going to show up on the Raptors and then just be no, like. I'm just saying he's just like change it for like no. No, I'm saying like, he if you bring him out to hit some threes, he'll hit them. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he, we, he we that, that's what we we wave Ishmael like, Wainwright, and that's all he does for the <laughs> Phoenix Suns. You're a real Ishmael Wainwright yeah. fan. I like him too. He, he they bring him out in the fourth quarter, and he just drains all of his three pointers. The first time I saw that guy, I went, I thought like he looks more like a linebacker. He's literally a bodybuilder, but and he has the weirdest looking for him because he can't bring his arms past his shoulders. Yeah. It's been Rip very is. frustrating because we. It seems like we're good at picking out talent from the G League, yeah. And then, but then them. we wave them, and then they become really good. Like Watson Abe <laughs> was the best shooter in the league, and he was buns fifty percent on the Raptors. Yeah. Same with Fee Mahaluk. He was better with that, not on the Raptors. Was yeah. Like, well, things. I think I mean things are going to change with the Raptors. We all know that, and we'll talk about we will talk about Raptors very briefly because. Uh, um, Anyway, I, I have some ideas for what we should talk about there. But let's just finish up some of these game the game three games. So, uh, Spencer, another game three. Um, the Knicks were in Miami, 
um, to take on Miami Heat for game three. Uh, and, and the series had been split at the time. Um, the The series started in New York and, and um, the Knicks and the Heat won one game apiece. So in game three, what happened? Um, Miami won by 19 in the top performer was Jimmy Butler. Um, but this was one of the worst shooting games of the entire season for Miami. Yeah. Um, they shot 39% from the field, 22% from three point and 50% in the paint. Except the only thing is, is that the Knicks shot worse. Yeah. Um, it was just one of those classic Knicks defensive games. It seems whoever they're playing like that just happens. Um, I, yeah, like the Knicks were just horrible and it was all defense. Yeah. It's been a pretty ugly series so far. I mean, the first game, I guess, was, you know, kind of fun. I mean, they actually, it's just, it's just a bit an uglier brand of basketball, very defensive and, and, and weird. Um, yeah. and the, and the Knicks won the game, but Butler was out that game. And so he just comes back in game three. Honestly, I didn't watch the whole game, but the, from what I did see, um, he looks perfectly fine. Yeah. He's at, you know, he's back and it's like, he doesn't look like he's favoring anything. He doesn't look like he's, he just looks ex- exactly the same and had, you know, not like a shoot the lights out style game, but definitely was very effective. <clears throat> Bam also had a pretty good game, 17 points, 12 rebounds. But as you say, for Miami to go out and have their, I think it was, yeah, their worst field goal percentage of the year. And they're already, a, a um, a poor shooting team, at least in yeah. the regular season, yeah. but then New York to actually be worse. And it was their lowest point, to- their second lowest point total of the whole season. They had 86 points and the only, only game worse was in the regular season. I think against Brooklyn, they scored 85. So it's almost like Miami is doing to the Knicks what the Knicks did to Cleveland in the first yeah. round. Yeah. It, it really does seem like that. And how was that even like, how is that even I mean, I guess I swear it feels like the Heat are just doing exactly what they need to to beat each. I mean, at the end of the day, I think any team can like turn on just defensive mode because like they're all like all teams are like average height of six five, and like if everybody's turned on the Jets and is just like boxing out and like like getting up on players, there's like. It's it's pretty hard to, you know. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't, that, that kind of basketball hasn't been very fashionable in recent years of just, like, grind it out. And there is a point at which you you run out of, like, it's not going to work fully, probably, against, like, I don't know that Miami can, say, beat Boston that way or, beat, yeah. uh, you know, Golden State that way. Um, but maybe they can, or, or yeah, Golden State's maybe not a great example. Maybe that is an example of a team that they could upset that way, but maybe not I don't the even, Nuggets yeah. or Phoenix. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I think Miami has, has gone a, a bit lucky for sure. Well, yeah, they didn't have and to, the Giannis Knicks, was out exactly, for three games. For the Bucks, five. yeah. And then the Knicks, it's almost like Knicks, Cleveland, to me, they both felt like very similar teams, and I didn't think either one of them was going to be strong enough to go that far. Mm-hmm. So I do think Miami did get pretty lucky with the draw. Yeah, but they're overcoming a lot. I mean, they, got they lucky are. With the draw, it's but it's like I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, and then they have their, the, you know, they the story early in the last series and and against the you know the Bucks is like they are having these games where they just couldn't miss, and it was like what this team can't shoot in the regular season, and now they have a game where they they're playing they're shooting terribly but they still win because they're grinding it out on defense it's it's like yeah maybe it's just coaching and jimmy butler just saying like we have to find a way to win these games and lowry actually said the same thing after uh Mm -hmm. after the game he said something like you know he's been around long enough and been enough playoff games like every single playoff game is different and you have to like find new and different ways to win and i think that's true like the successful teams they don't take anything for granted they they're if it's a if it's a shootout then figure out a way to win that way yeah. well, if it's if it's a grinded out game figure I, out a way to win that way i think it's like the worst team like the average teams are like that mm-hmm. like where they have to be able to adapt but like the really really good teams they'll basically make you play how they want to play yeah. you know what i mean like they'll uh, of course they'll just do what they do 
and it's like you'll just have to deal with it. Yeah, and you have to find. A way I don't. To, like, do, you, do you guys agree? Like they often say in football that great defense beats great offense. Like more often than not, would you say it's the same thing in in the NBA or? Yeah, well, I mean, because I there's some teams like I don't know the Thunder, for example. If they're playing a team that doesn't have great defense, then they're going to go insane. Right. Right. But then when they do play a team with good defense, like they're they can get so shut down. That's why, like, I guess I'll just say it over and over: the Celtics are the best team in the league because I feel like they don't have a certain side. You know, I think they're perfectly balanced with amazing offense, amazing defense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. And they it's also that I think there's a stat that are like the vast majority of championship teams, um, even if they have a high powered offense, also have like a top 10 usually. Yeah. Uh, I, top, ten, to. top 10 defense. Like they're never there's no such thing as just like a team that's bad at defense that can is like super offensive yeah. that ends up winning. It just doesn't. At the same time, it's kind of, a, I think the only team that didn't have a top 10 offense was one of those like Kobe Laker teams, but at the same time, they're able to just play defense all of a sudden in the playoffs. So it yeah. kind of, when those kind of superstar teams are a little bit different, um, but I mean, yeah. it's still an, it's still a, an outlier. I can't remember which team it was, but anyway, um, so Marcus last night, um, the Warriors were in LA um, for game three. Um, after you know the the series was locked in a one one tie, but then uh, the Warriors were in LA for Game Three. So what happened? So um, it was absurd what happened. <laughs> was the, it the Lakers won one twenty seven to ninety seven? AD uh, was the top performer. Yep. Um, Russell played well. well. I mean, LeBron played well. Twenty one eight and eight. I mean, the, the Warriors are up 30 to 23 at the first quarter. And then the Lakers just like completely just went insane and like was com- were completely unstoppable. Curry was like, tw- had 23 points, four rebounds, three assists. Like, that's just like, yeah, that's just that's that's okay, Cur- whatever. Yeah, that's that's not a Curry. And no. I had Clay only had 15 points. Yeah, he, yeah, Curry was still the top performer on the team. And yeah, Curry shot one for three from the free throw line, which yeah. is just like bizarre. Like something stuff, weird yeah. stuff was going on. Um, it it was it definitely wasn't a game worth watching because no, and I, it's that's been really frustrating. I think. The first game was great. Yeah, and then, and then the Warriors destroyed the Lakers. Then it was a blowout. Yeah, exactly. And like, I thought when the Warriors, I thought when the Warriors destroyed the Lakers, like, oh, it's over. The Warriors yeah. are just gonna like destroy, like destroy the Lakers in the series. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. But now, like, who knows? Like, well, one thing I'll say is that the Lakers haven't lost at home yet in this yeah. in, in these playoffs, and as and supposedly Golden State are you know they're. Or this great home team, but not so great of a road team. Road team, and obviously in the first round, um, they figured it out um, because they they yeah. pulled that off. They they, you know, they're also the defending champs. But I think, let's be honest, like as great as the Sacramento Kings were, they didn't have a lot of playoff experience. Like the fact they still pushed them to seven, whereas L.A. has you know. They've also recently won a championship, at least LeBron with LeBron and AD, and you know they and LeBron played really well that game. I was watching; like, apparently he didn't take a shot in the first quarter, which mm-hmm. is the only time that's happened in his playoff career. He didn't take a single shot, and I think the crowd was like a little bit freaked out yeah. by that. They were like, "What is LeBron doing? Like, he's not being aggressive." But then he finished really strong that yeah. game, and like D'Lo had. You know, Dilo had 21 with five three pointers. Yeah. yeah, Russell's problem is he's got a bit of a turnover problem. Yeah, Russell, he's had like five turnovers. Yeah, which is you know isn't great. I mean, it's more common with point guards because they have to hold the ball the most. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he sure. he's a strange, confusing player because like yeah, he's been, but he's been really like ultimately he's clearly been an asset and for yeah. them in these playoffs he's had a couple in that clinching game uh, in round one uh against memphis he was he was huge like he had a couple of really big games but i do want to mention lonnie walker because oh, yeah. he he just like average he just got like 24 minutes he was put up 12 points on 50 on over 50 percent shooting two for four from the three-point line like he like 
yeah, one turnover is not great, but like he still he comes out, he he makes his shots like, and he's just like super quick. He gets down the court right away, and he can make in transition three pointers, and he's just like boost of energy for the Lakers, which is like yeah, really really uh, good for them. Yeah, and uh, there's also that whole issue like it happened in game two, and it worked. Um, because I think it was um. What's his name? Kevon Looney was sick in game two. And so what's his name? Jermichael Green. Yeah. Um, got the start and he, over Looney. Yeah. And then that ended up being a good thing. He played well. Um, and then anyway, there's still, I don't know if Looney's still, because Looney had another like low minute that didn't have very yeah. many minutes. Well, yeah, three. he had 15 yeah. minutes. Jermichael Green had 11 minutes and he put up two points, zero rebounds, zero assists, yeah. one for yeah. five. From the field, the, the zero point is, for three from three point. Yeah, they're trying a, yeah. to figure out, I think, what to do with AD. Um, and yeah. They, yeah. They, they solved AD, but again, it's this weird thing with AD. It's I don't almost think, like he can't do two games back to no, back. No, I, I think that's the thing. I don't think it's about solving AD. I think it's about it's literally this is what happened in the um in their first series. Yeah. AD did not have like two good games in a row, basically, like. I don't. I well, in the first game, Looney was playing. And it was very close. Yeah. So I don't. But everything else, like, but AD just had a bad night the other night, and I didn't even seem related. Yeah. To they, defense. Yeah. The game two where they got blown out, AD was a, like 11, it just seemed like he was sluggish 11, and he didn't come out with. Yeah. Like yeah. But then he had a monster game, game three. Yeah, I think it's a mistake it's like, not to play Looney because he's also. Like he'll he gets twenty rebounds a game. No, I know. I think it's just like he was literally. They said he was ill in game two. Yeah, they ended but up game, winning. But game and, three ended up working out, and then yeah. game three is just getting a bit. So maybe he's still under the weather. Like who knows, right? I mean, um, I but guess, it was but like they they, it's him. like they flipped identity as shooting teams. Like L A was fifty two percent field goals with forty eight percent three point shooting, and in Golden State was forty percent. Uh, field goal, field goal percentage oh. and twenty nine percent from three, which is yeah. so weird. Remember how, like, remember how earlier in the season, you know, obviously it was before the trades, but the, the Lakers were like one of the worst shooting teams in the league, and yeah. you know, Golden State's always among the top. But it's it's just weird now. I find this now. I feel like oh, the Lakers are going to win this series, but it's so easy to just think that whatever just happened is going to define the series. Because yeah. <clears throat> if you're right, maybe AD comes back, lays an egg the next game in LA. If they get a win in LA, then then it's anybody's series. Um, they they get home yeah. court, then they get home I'd, court advantage yeah. back, and then it's a best of three with two games being in uh, in San Fran. So hard to say, man. Very 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 difficult. But um, anyway, we got a couple game fours today. Boston's in in uh, in Philly uh, for game four at three thirty, and Denver is in Phoenix. Uh, for game four at eight tonight. I'm going to try to watch as much of those as I can um, because I'm I'm pretty interested to see how um, both uh, Philly in particular will bounce back from the last game. And and if Phoenix can, can do another crazy, you know, if KD and Booker can do another, put on a show and, and win another game for, for the Suns, that's what I hope happens. I hope that series yeah. goes the distance because it'll be, if not, <coughs> excuse me, if not, it'll be... Th- Three one Denver and I don't I don't care how good those guys are it's going to be tough against that yeah. team to come back. Anyways, um, hey Orange Ball Juicers, please subscribe, give us a five star rating, and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other basketball fans find the show. You can also follow us on Instagram at Orange Ball Juice or email us at orangeballjuice at gmail dot com. Send us your NBA hot takes. Okay, fellas, it's time to bust out the b-ball barometer and possibly adjust our pr- predictions for the second round series uh, because it's time for Buckets Forecast. So we're not going to predict individual games, but I am going to bring up your, um, you know, we, we know, we, we now have a good sample of the all of these series, right? These second round series, we have three games from each series that have happened. So we'll start with you, uh, Spencey. You um, have the Nuggets in seven. 
Denver Phoenix series. So do you want to keep that or do you want to revise it? Um, Denver's up two to one from what you've seen so far. Uh, I'll change it to six. Nuggets and six. All right. And and Marcus, you had the Suns in seven, so they're down two games to one. Do you want to you want to revise that? Um, actually, I'm gonna keep it. I'm just seven. All right. Boston Philly series, you've you've based on what you've seen. Do you want to change your prediction, Spencer, from Boston in seven games? Mm, oh, so they're up. You know they're up two games to one, uh, and the only game you know Embiid's battling this injury. The only game so far that Philly's won is that game one, and that was with Harden going crazy. He's been yeah. quiet since then. There's a, seems to be a lot of question marks on the Sixers in terms of you know. Yeah, I thought I had said six for some reason, but I'll say six now. Okay, well, maybe, I, I, I don't think you did, but maybe I wrote it down wrong, but that's fine. Boston and six. You have, you had Boston and six, Marcus. Do you want to keep that or do you want to change it? I'll keep it. Okay. You, um, now this is interesting. I think I had everyone in six now that I remember. I think I said some, something. Everybody yeah, yeah, I, think, in I six. think you're right. So Spencer, you had uh, Miami um, in six. Do you think Miami's? You still want to keep that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You also had Miami in six. You gonna keep that based on this, the sample size we got? They're up two one. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's the one that I think is the one that you guys are gonna have to think about. You've got Golden State in seven over the Lakers. I said that. Yeah. But again, that was coming off, I believe. Did um, I really? Yeah, say I remember you saying that. Yeah, I should. I should have the. What's tape that? What's ready. crazy about roll, that? I, I should roll back the tape. I don't understand why that's a crazy <laughs> like, prediction. Well, it's not. I just thought. It's not. Did a I crazy go over some like? I feel like I debated it. Yeah. Well, like, we were, we were. You know, we did a lot of talk about. Yeah, you, I think you might have even changed it after. Like you, you were like, "This is a hard one," and then you landed on that. Hmm. But you can always listen to last week's episode if you and prove me wrong, and I'll be happy to. But anyway, forget it. Uh, yeah. Forget what you predicted. Um, just what are you predicting now? I guess Lakers in seven. And Marcus, you had Golden State in six, and now they're down 2-1, and they just got absolutely shellacked by the Lakers. So what do you think? Um... Say Golden State in seven. All right. I just, I don't know. Well, they, that's fine. I think they got, they, the Warriors got something to them where they don't lose, so. They got, yeah, they except lose. to the Raptors <laughs> that one time, which was great. All right, so <clears throat> speaking of the Raptors, I just want to, I just got inspired because we, we talked a little bit, and I wasn't planning on doing a Raptor segment. It's going to be really... Um, a really quick segment um, where we uh, take a little sniff and see what's cooking in Pasquale's kitchen. Ciao, I'm Pasquale. Welcome to my kitchen. In this house, we call Pascal Siakam Chef Pasquale because spicy pea is what happens after you um, when you go to the bathroom after chopping jalapenos. Anyway, haven't said that joke in a while because we haven't been doing this segment because the Raptors season is over, of course, although we did do it to, to discuss the fact that Coach Nurse is being fired. But now there's been some rumblings about, you know, the kind of players who come, who's, you know, and so obviously, um, let me let me just pitch this out to you guys. Here's who, here's who I think, and I'm not saying, I have no idea whether they're going to keep all of our free agents or not. Let's just assume a lot of them are going out the door. I think the Raptors should sign the following people, and you guys tell me if you agree. Russell Westbrook, Draymond Green, Dylan Brooks, and Giannis. <laughs> I, I agree with all four of those. Yeah. What do you think? Spencer? No, 
No. Westbrook, like, he did really, he was doing really well for the Clippers, but he's too old. Yeah. And I don't, like, if we yeah. were trying to make a run and we felt like he could fit in, then it'd be a good option. Same with Draymond. He's pretty old. Yeah. I, I doesn't really feel like. Draymond on any other team just feels wrong. Like, I can't yeah. picture him in like any other Raptors Like, he has such a either. specific skill set that has to do but with But I can't picture I would see. I could see him. I. I think we just could use some like, just some like some meanness. Like yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Like we're we're yeah. we're too yeah. we're too nice of a team. We're too. Like, I, I, I mean that would be. Imagine if like imagine if everybody goes like if if Siakam, if it's like Siakam's yeah. gone, Freddie's gone, and um, OG's gone, and you know. And Gary's gone, and, and the Raptors are just like, you know what? Let's just bring in like a weird hodgepodge aging superstar yeah. lineup and just see what happens. Yeah, to me, that at least that would be fun. It would only be yeah, fun probably for like funny. one year. Yeah, before uh, yeah. it became depressing. But if know. we can hire Bud, maybe we'd be able to get Giannis. You never know. That would be so weird. Imagine if like, if yeah, Giannis is like really upset. Like, there's only I was thinking about this a lot. Maybe the reason Bud got fired had more to do with the players than it had to do with management. I don't know. It's that seems weird to me. Like they're like, this is the guy that led us to a championship and blah 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 blah. Yeah, he made a couple bad calls in the playoffs and all that. Yeah. But or is it man? Like who knows? I have no idea. I mean, yeah. And I'm sure it'll all come out someday or whatever. But maybe at the other side of it, maybe it is Giannis was really upset that he was fired. And he thinks it was the wrong yeah. move by management. And now he's unhappy. Maybe, like, who knows? I would imagine they would do anything in their power to keep that guy happy. So I would, mm-hmm. that when makes me think that maybe, maybe they just wanted to try something else <clears throat> there. And Giannis is like, let's try something else with the coach. Mm-hmm. And they're like, fine. But do you, what do you think the odds are that Giannis is going to end up in our, as a Raptor? If he wants to leave the box, I think there's good odds. What do you think, Marky? Um, I know it was it used to be actually a bit of a possibility, and he said before that he loves Toronto mm-hmm. and the Raptors. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's possible if he yeah if he wants to leave the Bucks, but he seems to be pretty loyal to his team. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do think that there's a good chance. I mean. I don't know even know what the details of his contract are, but they're probably going to presumably their whole, I mean, I don't know what management's thinking, but maybe management is thinking like, Oh, we're just, just plug a different coach in fresh start, kind of like give everybody a chance to just like shake off that first round upset, run it back and just see if we can get it next year. Yeah. Maybe that it's I as guess. simple as that. I don't it's know. just, it is definitely weird, especially when there's like, maybe they'll sign Nick nurse. You never know. But other than that, there's kind of like a, coach drought in terms of like like I don't know there's some there's some assistant coaches that are you know maybe not bad and I think Becky Hammond um, is a good option yeah because I, I don't know supposedly the Bucks are just going to wait to sign a new coach right but I think there's also dangers to that because like but and who's their is their assistant in the running I don't even know who I'm not sure coach is there yeah well yeah, I mean, and the Raptors, if we pick up Coach Bud, that could, I mean, obviously it's a very quality coach and we mm-hmm. need a new coach and need a new f- sort of philosophy for the team, if not new players and probably some combination of I both. wish, I wish coaches could get traded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. That's too weird. How come they never disclose what coaches make either? They do. I think they do, but it's, yeah, it's different. You can, you can look it up right now. When you, yeah. But like they it. never like... It's not the same as with players where you, it's always just well, they're because they're well, yeah, it's yeah, they don't get paid as much, but still get paid a huge amount, yeah, like four million for some of them. Well, yeah. So who's like? Do you think the Raptors? I mean, how how long do you think? Here's a question for both of you: How long do you think it's going to take for the Raptors to do whatever they need to do to like? If they don't screw it up, turn over the players. The, that need to be turned over and put in a system that gives them a chance it, to be a playoff. If game. they don't screw it up, it could be next year. If yeah. they do, if they play their cards right, like perfectly, it could mm-hmm. be next year. But it doesn't change the fact that they 
they had all these guys that had some value and they didn't pull the trigger at the trade deadline. And now they're just in a situation where it's like guys can walk and then we're just going to have to sign new guys. I don't even know if Freddie can walk, actually. I know OG can walk. No, Freddie is going to be a free agent. So I'm almost sure. There was someone that I thought was a free agent that's actually not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I am. Well, we'll, we'll maybe do. Um, anyway, I don't want to talk about the Raptors too much because after all, they're golfing. But um, I think it's time that we. Uh, uh, what do we do? What do we do? Oh, I know what we do. We turn back the shot clock and Euro step our way into the pass for. Time travel trivia. All right, fellas, this is. We got a little bit. A little bit of extra this time because there's a couple things I wanted to bring up. You know, as as you know, as we I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Embiid just received his first ever MVP award uh, with 33.1 points um, points per game average, 10.2 rebounds per game average, and tied a career high with 4.2 assists per game average. Now, as you may or may not know, James Harden won the assist title this year, so um, he had 10.7 assists per game. Um, and, and so we have Harden uh, on the same team. We have Harden with the winning the assist title and we have Embiid winning the scoring title. So my question for you is when's the last time that happened? First, it'll be guess the year. When's the last time two teammates, guys on the same team, one of them won the the points per game, the scoring title and, and his teammate won the assist title. 1979. I gotta say, that was a pretty good guess. Nineteen eighty-three. Eighty-two. Yes, it was the nineteen eighty-one, eighty-two season. I I it was the San Antonio Spurs. Was the team? Oh, that's not can you name? Who are you thinking? Can you? Name I was thinking these guys? like Magic and. I was thinking like maybe Stockton or Malone or something. I don't yeah, know. That's, 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 later. that's the nineties. Yeah. And yeah. this, these are guys that you're going to probably have heard their names either through like playing a legends game on 2k or you've heard them just because they're always on lists, uh, like scoring lists and stuff, especially the, the guy who won the scoring title that year. Um, but well, I'll give you a guess. Can you name a Spurs player from the early eighties? Um, what's the dude's name? They're all like, they're in my head, but I can't. Um, what's his name? He he he's got like a David something. You think of David Robinson? David, yeah, yeah. But that's the but too early. Eighty one, eighty two season is is mm. too early, um, for Robinson. Yeah. But anyway, I'll, oh. I'll so it was George Gervin with thirty two point three points per game, and Johnny Moore had nine point seven uh, assists per game in that season. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> that's the last time it's happened and it doesn't, it almost never happens. Like it's a very rare thing to happen. And I was surprised. I thought it would be, yeah, I thought it would might be a Stockton Malone thing, but I don't think that I think Stockton probably won the assist title a bunch of times, but it wasn't, you know, um, it was, I don't know that Malone ever, like how many times he won the score. Well, I mean, he's the season. third all time. All time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know. But yeah. But anyway, he's on the list. So anyway, let's talk about a, um, a playoff, um, some playoff trivia. So I, I mentioned to you guys, remember, uh, Booker just had this 47-point game and the Game 3 win um, over um, the Nuggets. And so through his first eight games um, of this playoff run, um, he's at 36.9 points per game and 295 points through the first eight games of, of this postseason. And that's the highest since Michael Jordan in 1990. So... I wanted to do the, a theme of points per game um, averages in the playoffs. So the first question is, who has the highest points per game average in a single playoff run, in a single playoff year? Highest points per yeah. game. Jordan? Yes, the correct answer is Michael Jordan with 43.7 points per game. But here's the thing. That was 85-86, and that's only three games played. Right. Oh, so mm. that's what makes that a little bit weird. So then I thought, ah, oh, well, that's kind of wonky, right? Because yeah. you could you could theoretically play one game, get injured, and score sixty five, and then you would be yeah. sixty five points per game player. So, so then the next thing 
the question I wanted to find is if you guys could figure out is who has the highest points per game average in a playoffs with a minimum of 10 games played. Um, so I have a list of the top 10 all time points per game in a single playoff year with a minimum of 10 games played. So that means obviously that's more than two rounds at a seven game series in the modern game. Um, so that's, that's the question who, Okay. So you see how many on the top 10 list you can name. James Harden. It's not even top 10. No. Kobe Bryant. Lillard. No. It's what? What? Minimum 10 games. Dame is barely. So maybe that means done you'd, that have in the, you'd have to at least make it to the third round, right? Well, no, that's not true. No. You could have two seven game series. Right, so you could have two. Wait, hold on. So read the question again. So, so the question is the highest points per game in a single playoff run. Right, that's minimum ten games. So, you, even if you in the first round you could go seven games, and then the, and then the second round you get a, you could get eliminated in four, and you oh. would have played eleven games. So, the are you play, only counting wins then? Because like, no, 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 oh. no, just games. You have to have, you have to have played. 10 games minimum. So some guys might have played only 10. Some guys might have played 11. Some guys might have played 21, okay. right? Okay. It's just about points per game, but minimum 10 games in a playoff run. Okay. So you guys haven't named any of the top Curry. 10. Did we say Michael Jordan yet? Yes. So Michael Jordan, out of the top 10... He's he's on it he's on it four times. He's oh, tenth. So you're okay. he's eighth. He's yeah. tenth. He's eighth. And he's mm-hmm. also fourth and fifth. So oh. in 1989-90, he played 16 games and he averaged 36.7 points per game. In 87-88, he played 10 games that playoff year for 36.3 points per game. And now, so obviously, the the you know, in in uh, the longer you go, the chances are it's going to go down. In ninety two, ninety three, he played nineteen playoff games, and they would have won the title that year. And he averaged thirty five point one points per game. And in eighty eight, eighty nine, he played seventeen playoff games and averaged thirty four point eight points per game. All right, so that's yeah. I just took care of four of them out of the top okay. ten. So LeBron. That's right. In the top ten, LeBron is sixth, and he only he's only on the list once. In the 2008-2009 season with Cleveland, he was in fourteen uh, games, and he averaged thirty five point three points per game. Um, Shaq, Kareem. Kareem seventh on the list, and he uh, for for Milwaukee in sixty nine seventy he played ten games and averaged thirty five point two points per game. Okay, uh, Wilt. <laughs> so Wilt Chamberlain, yes, in the sixty one sixty two season he played twelve playoff games and he averaged thirty five point zero points per game for ninth place on the list. You guys still haven't cracked the top three. Um, Carl Malone. Hmm. No, I. I don't think Kawhi ever did. He was not that good on the Raptors. No, he he's career high is like thirty five yeah. points, forty three or something. Um. Give you a hint. Oh, uh, I'll give you. I'll get the first hint. All of these were these seasons. The top three were in the nineteen sixties. That's hint number oh, one. Okay. Bill Russell didn't even score points. Bill Russell. George Mikan. <laughs> Ooh, deep cut. All of these players. I'll give you. I'll give from the top three. One player's on it twice, and one and one player's just on it once. But the, all of them are for they were. The, the, both of these players were playing for the Lakers in the '60s at, when this happened, when they had their best three points per game playoff runs with a minimum of ten games. The Lakers. Did, 
sixties. Yeah. So it's not, it's not magic or. It's not magic. I don't, I don't think he scored that much. <laughs> um, you definitely have heard of both of these guys. Start with a W. No, Walt. Oh uh, yeah, Frazier? last name one of them. Something Wallace. No. One of the like these are like all time Hall of Famer greats. Both Something of them. Walt. No. Something Walt. Oh, what? Will George William? Come on, you know this player, famous Laker, famous like clutch, all time Laker great. Some people, some people say that the NBA logo is based on this guy, Jerry West. Oh. So in I was thinking big man in the number oh. one spot in the 1964-65 season, Jerry West in eleven games averaged forty point six points per game, which is pretty awesome. Is it? Is the other one Bob Cousy? He's Bob. on the Celtics <laughs> now, and he it's not Bob. It's not Bob, Bob Um Bob McAdoo? It's not him. Is there someone named Bob Ogden? Is that a player? I don't know. Maybe. But it's not him. This is another... It's, it starts with his... I'll give you his initials. He was one of the one of the greats. I don't believe he ever actually won a championship, though. Uh, his initials are EB. Elgin Baylor. He is number two and number three on the list. In the 61-62 season, he played 13 games, averaged 38.6 points. And in the 60-61 season, he played 12 games and averaged 38.1 points, which is a lot of points. And also, I want to say about about Baylor, so that season, the second highest points per game all time in 13 games played, so he had 38.6 points. He also averaged 17.7 rebounds in that playoff. So... Aye, aye, aye. Um, and same with Kareem. In his year where he played 10 games and, uh, and when he was 7th of all time, 35.2 re- uh, points per game. He had 16.8 rebounds per game. Oh. And then Wilt Chamberlain's, the year that he had in 12 playoff games, had 35 points per game. He had 26.6 <laughs> rebounds per game average, which oh. is pretty demented. Yeah. Anyways, fellas, that was a long trivia session, but and a difficult one to, to, actually, to, to actually judge. But some of these great players to put up those kinds of points over you know so many games, like more than ten games, is, is pretty yeah. remarkable. So, uh, anyways, I know you guys got homework. I know you guys got lots of things to do, chores. I have plenty of stuff to do around this house too. So let's wrap it up. I think it's we got we got Boston and Philly at three thirty. We got Denver, Phoenix at eight. We got some exciting games to to uh, by the time we do this next weekend, or our next episode round two will be done. And we'll be talking about uh, the Western Conference Championships and the Eastern Conference Championships. So it'll be, it, it, we're getting close to the end of this thing. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty exciting. Um, anyways, fellas, uh, have a good Sunday. See ya. Yeah. I got nothing else to say.